For GateWorld.net, I'm David Reed, and I am here with Mr. Dan Payne, right there. Oh, hi. Hi. How are you doing, sir? Good, thank you. How are you? You have done, I'm very good. You've done so much work on uh, Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis that we could sit here hours talking about it, but I'm not going <laughs> to bore you with that. Um, what was the first character that you played on the show? Uh, Dan Shea uh, pulled me out of Snow Queen and made me a stunt Jaffa. That was okay. the very first role. It went unnoticed because it was, uh, it was a stunt thing. Right. And I just ran, got shot, fell, did the flip the roux and fell down. And, and then I met some directors through that and uh, the relationship grew and I moved on through the rest of them. What, what season was it that you first started? Wow. Five? Okay. I would guess. Maybe one is... Because I know I've been through six, seven, and eight. I think that this, this, okay. this stunt might have been in five. Okay. Fans know better than me. <laughs> You've played numerous characters on this show, from Atlantis, SFs, to Jaffa soldiers, to Call Warriors, to Wraith. Back again, you said the Uber Wraith from Satita. Uh, which have you enjoyed the most, and which the least? Uh, the most just recently was the, the Uber or Big uh, Wraith on, on Atlantis with the Satita episode. Just to clarify, this is the one that was in command of the hive ship that went down and, and yes, went and off the floor with Roman. Yes. Okay. Until this brutal dismissal by missile. Yes, exactly. A tagline right there. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> Where do they come? Uh, so that was fantastic. Just the makeup, the transformation, to be able to see my face and have had that prosthetic done so well that I, anything I did transferred to the prosthetic, and I just felt like like I looked in the mirror and I had a complete out of body experience in a way because it was so different from who I That's what they say. know who I am, and uh, and to be able to jump so deeply into a character because they can see your face and you can still move which is the little bit of an advantage to the super soldier. And right. for least, there is no least. I, I, really? If I'm on set, I'm having a good time. Good. For the Wraith, uh, this Uber Wraith that you, that you told the convention, but we'd like you to tell it here, how early was your call time? About 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And how long are you in the makeup chair? About four hours. Four so hours eight, from start to finish. So 8.30 set call. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're pushing too because they, the Todd Masters of the, who does the prosthetics, same as the rest of the Stargate crew, it doesn't want to just be okay with something. Very meticulous, very perfectionist almost. So they're pushing, they're asking, we need him, we need him, we need him. And he's still doing some veins and stuff. That's what, that's what makes it, for, as an actor, that's what makes you transform. Is because they put so much detail when you look at something completely different. You don't see seams, you don't see right. makeup. It's right. awesome. That was a pretty scary character, the Uber Wraith. I mean, some of them, some of them are a little bit hokey, depending on like the actor behind it. But I watched that and I was like, I would not want to be in the same room with this creature. That's what was so fun. I mean, until I got into character, when I was just looking at the makeup in the midst of the sort of being able to transform, I was like, awesome. You know, this guy is with the Fu Manchu nastiness and the tattoos and the and the teeth. Yeah, it was just, it was great. It was great. So when I when it came time to get into character, they did half the work for me. At least. Did you know that you were going to be playing this character from script stage, or was it sometime later in the game that said, oh, we'll have Dan do this? They came and asked me. Uh, there's a great relationship with Stargate uh, directors and, and the producers. They're fantastic. They're so kind to me. They, they called up and said, Dan, we've got this Wraith. We want you to do it. Can you come in and do some testing? You know, makeup test, uh, camera test. So, I, you know, I was excited from the get-go. 
You said that you don't really like to call yourself a stuntman. No. What would you call yourself? Uh, an actor who is very, very fortunate by size or by character description to get the opportunity to do his own stunts. So an actor who gets to do stunts. And I, and I just want to clarify that. I don't call myself a stuntman strictly because I don't want to deny the stuntmen who do what they do and study and train so hard to do it. I haven't done that, so I haven't qualified myself to be a stuntman. I don't want to detract from what they do do because it's fantastic. I have seen Bam Bam and guys like Glenn Innes, yeah, Dan Shea, Ken Kersinger do insane things that you couldn't take an actor like myself and just ask them to do it. I've been very fortunate as an actor who gets to do some stunts. How would you describe your working relationship with them? With the stunt guys? Um, once they realize that there's a, I have a great respect for them, it's reciprocated fully. I mean, some actors you have to. I mean, some actors don't understand how hard stunts are. They think that they're the guys who are just crazy enough to do stuff. Well, there's a there's a process of learning that can't be denied. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I fully respect it. And Bam Bam and Dan Shea, um, I, I think you know because those guys study, they should should have first rights. So there might be a little bit of tentativeness to say, oh yeah, we'll let. Yeah, hesitation to let Dan jump in there, but I think because of the rapport that we have and the time that we had to spend, that they're like, okay, if he's willing to respect what what I do and train hard enough to do it well enough, that it's not going to be like uh, me as the stunt coordinator is losing out by putting this guy in there. So it's just a mutual respect relationship. Was it Dan Shake who originally got you roped into starting? Yeah. Okay, and you just haven't looked back since. No, I. Uh, every opportunity back in that back in that stage was. Uh, I love it. I can't wait. And uh, I didn't know what was coming, but I think my enthusiasm and the relationships that just got built quickly helped catapult it to where it is. Good. Have you sustained any serious injuries on the show? Just the bumps and bruises. Just some bumps and bruises and the odd scrape. But uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing that needed you know, healing. I didn't blow an ankle out or... Because they look after me so incredibly well. The, the actor, especially because I'm not a stunt guy, uh, the actor is is extremely looked after beyond beyond anything you'd understand. I think as a normal person, you see these crazy things going, you think, how can I do that? Well, I do it under the utmost safe conditions, with the utmost care of and due attention from all the people around. Stunt guys do stuff that are stunt related, and they do get hurt because there's no other physical human way to do it. And and the world we demand that now, you know, bigger, better. You've had the privilege of working on both SG-1 and Atlantis. From your standpoint as an actor, how are the shows different? Uh, Stargate SG-1 has had more time becoming a family and getting a comfort and familiarity with the process and with one another and how each other works, their quirks, their uh, just how to read each other. So there's a comfort and a familiarity and a confidence uh, that was that's immediate when you walk into SG-1 and because I got to be at the beginning of Atlantis as well I watched that confidence in that family unit grow and it was a precedent set by SG-1 that family unit and it's Atlantis and took it and ran with it so I mean the difference is it's just like watching a kid grow up I guess you know the maturity that's born out of having the years SG-1 has and the watching the growth to get to that level of maturity that Atlantis has gone through so so do you see Atlantis as becoming another SG-1? I, I hope so. I can't see why not. The, the formula is there uh, with, the, with enough twists and turns and different characters that 
all, as a viewer as well as a, an actor of, on the show. It's got all the honors. What is your fondest memory of working with this franchise? Laughing. Really? Laughing. Something tells me that happens a lot. Uh, I love to laugh and I love to make people's laugh, make people's, uh, make people laugh. And Dan Shea and uh, oh gosh, yes, Bam Bam and yes. Gary Jones and Peter Deluise and Martin Wood and jeez, uh, uh, almost every director has it. Robert Cooper on Satita. Oh, he he was hilarious. Like he, normally he's a little bit more. Yeah step back and, and get it. He was right in there and he was hilarious. It was fantastic. The environment of laughter. That's my favorite thing. So it's almost like a necessity that you have to wear diapers when you got into these outfits. Yeah, I'd pee myself laughing. Absolutely. <laughs> it was unreal. Unreal. The Cull Warriors. You have always been the master Cull Warrior. You know, they brought in, I think, Alex Zahara uh, for a Cull Warrior at some point? Uh, well, what they, I think they couldn't get me for a day. Uh, Alex okay. might be able to know better, but they needed a bunch of Cull Warriors to be CGI'd against a green screen to run from a cave to a, or run from a ship to a cave entrance, and they just needed thousands of them. Evolution 2, yes. And they wanted to have a different, you know, a different look to them. And so Alex did the CGI running for some of the super soldiers, and then I came the next day and did a whole bunch of, a, a whole bunch more. So yeah, Alex jumped in the suit to do some running. Uh, I don't know if he's been an uh, on-camera up front performance-wise, but he's definitely donned the black mask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there's also in times when they needed two super soldiers to be like mm -hmm. on the back of Anubis. You know, you never have one guard. Uh, they'd get another gentleman who, uh, they call it SAE, Special Skills Extra, Special Abilities Extra. And uh, it's not necessarily an actor role because they're just meant to stand. It's like. We joke in the industry that they're mobile furniture, which is not, which is not the case. They're, you know, it's just that they they don't get to to showcase their talents as much as they like to. It's more of a fill this costume out and be positioned around. So I've had a lot of co-pilots in the suit, which is fun. You're a very tall guy. If they bring in a cold warrior that's kind of stockier, do they have to put a box under him? I mean, if you're like like having a couple of cold warriors behind Anubis, you don't want to have one up here and one down here. Yeah, no, they, the height is is fine to match. It's actually the, the difficulty comes from the fact that they built the costume to my body. Oh, so anyone so else who wears it? My physique is what fills out that costume, okay. barring mad pizza rushes and burgers, but <laughs> going to fill it out in the wrong spot. But. Uh, yeah, it's getting somebody who has the same physique. You know, because sometimes a guy will have a smaller chest or a bigger chest and smaller arms or whatever, and you have the two of us standing there, and this, this is a skin-tight suit. You're going to notice, oh, hey, wait a minute. That... Ruffles or something. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's hard. So they've, they had a, they've had a few guys come through and try and match up the size, and they just, you know, keep shooting. This character is probably the one you're most famously known for, I would hazard a guess. You have... You're completely masked. How do you articulate your performance? Uh, yeah, there's a challenge there. Now, obviously, he doesn't. He doesn't speak. He doesn't have any dialogue. Well, I had the one time, they unmasked, and I serve Anubis. Do you remember that? The green. Serve, was that you? The, the, yeah. Okay. The transparent face and the. Yes. Yeah, that was me. Okay. Back behind that. But other than that, you just mostly have to operate on movement. How does? How? What is your motivation? Yeah. Well, uh, I had a lot of help from Peter and Martin and, and uh, Gary and other and producers came down 
John Lennick, they, all the guys who had stake in it came down and said, we want to create something that's got human elements, robotic elements, is a killer, so he has a, you know, a hunter's instinct, but it's not personal. So we have to find a way, and we worked on a walk, we worked on a run, we worked on a, a demeanor that comes out of like, you know, if you're getting pelted with bullets, you know, try and find that way to be nonchalant versus robotic, as in, oh, you a killer? Fine, mm -hmm. you're done. Yeah. Versus like, you know, like the robotics. Robo so, Robocop. Yeah, because they didn't want a Robocop, because this is a, a drone that's yes. a mutated uh, living soul, not a robot. When you went into this, did they say, okay, we want you to stay away from the Borg, stay away from the humanoid replicators? We actually didn't even, we didn't even mention anything else. We wanted to birth it from its own place. Okay. So it was kind of cool, because I don't think they wanted to ingrain any ideas in my head when they're like, let's work on some runs, just run in different ways that you think this costume fits well, how it, what feels comfortable, and we'll just, you know, arms out or in or high stepping or low and, and basically they, we just did test runs and they're like, that looks good. Not that looks like Borg, that looks like uh, Robocop, nothing, nothing, no names were mentioned. The cull suit you said was based on you and you, you once told me a couple of years ago that it is the most comfortable thing you've ever worn. In terms of, yeah, it, from what it looks like to what it actually wears like, yeah, it is the most comfortable thing. Because the polar bear suit I wore was uncomfortable, but as comfortable as it could be made. This looks uncomfortable, but isn't. It just isn't. They, the costume designers took a body mold, a full body cast, which is an interesting experience in its own, and built the costume to me. One of the things my agent talks about is being... Uh, not conveying an image that isn't true. So, in his, you know, your headshots have to match what your hair looks like, what your face. If you age, you should get new headshots. Well, if my body changed too much, I should as well. And uh, and I've been really uh, avidly pursuing maintaining my physicality to be exactly what it is. So when I present, when my, my when my agent presents Dan Payne, this is his physicality that, that I don't walk in after you know the pizza yeah. burger runs with my gut hanging out. They need to know that. Well, we want this. He, he, this character may be taking his shirt off in this scene, and right. we don't. We don't want Jelly Belly. We want the six-pack. Okay. Well, I'll make sure that it's always there. So I was pretty fortunate. The body fit, bodysuit fits straight away. Okay. Are you glad that the color done? Is there any part of you that says, "Oh my God, I'm thankful that they can't bring them back"? Well, they actually, all died when Anubis died. Uh, Atlantis. Atlantis. There's a, there's a, I don't know if I can say anything. Talking cold warriors here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's perhaps not done? Well, there's a, there is a, I'll just tell you I donned the suit very briefly again, and it wasn't for SG-1. Okay. Okay, fair enough. A little teaser, just a little, just for people who might be keeping an eye out. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's aired yet because we filmed it very recently. Well, they were, they're very cool to look at, so. Yeah, so it came out again. You actually brought it to GateCon 03. Yeah, there was a huge request by fans, which was really fun for me. And being that I was, my, I think it was my first convention. I'm pretty sure it was my first convention. No one saw your face. <laughs> and yeah, and I kept my face hidden. Uh, but there's, su there's such a huge response, and me, I'm awestruck by the by fans and how unbelievably cool they are and kind. So if that's what they wanted, I didn't want to deny them that, whether it was comfortable or not. It didn't matter. I wanted to be there in that way. So it was, it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the, the Super Soldier does make a little glimpse appearance again. What do you think? Oh, and sorry, I didn't even answer your question. Oh. I would love to come back. Because it would mean I could... Well, I'd love to come back as a, as a, with a character with my face out. 
so I can act a little bit more from the truth of, of me, but um, anything to be playing with that family. If it's the Cold Warrior I'm, and they want me back, I'm, I'm there. It's good times, guaranteed. Like I said, laughs. It's a great set to be on. You've done Cold Warriors. The Wraith are so different because, I mean, well, obviously, obviously they're different. They're not robots and they're not, they're not subhuman gold. What do you find appealing about the Wraith to play? Because well, the big Wraith. I mean, the, the Wraith warriors were supposed to be the lizard-like, uh, like if you had a, a, an ant, there's the queen and then the, all the worker right. ants. It's like With the worker ants. Yes, the barnacle boys. <laughs> yes. Their barnacle face. Or as Martin Wood would call me, bonehead. <laughs> uh, yeah, bonehead. Yeah, I'm coming, Martin. Uh, yeah, those guys were, at first it was interesting, again, just to try and, I just, I called them the doormen. They were wraith doormen, you know, make sure the right people are in the right place. And, uh, and they're supposed to be lizard-like and, and quick. Uh, so that was neat to, to just, but I didn't get too much experience with that because uh, it was just a pilot episode. Oh, it was, you did Rising? I did Rising. Okay. And then, uh, and then they moved on to, they made, made them SAE, the Special Ability Extras. Okay. Because they wanted to get performance-based stuff that they could mimic and ask the SAEs to do because they sort of took a background, you know, they were uh, kind of cannon fodder after a while. But the, the Big Wraith, oh, it's fantastic. It's, uh, there's no precedent set, mm -hmm. you know, for, the, for that Uber Wraith, mm -hmm. Big Wraith. So it was fine. It was just unbelievable. It was a clean slate. So you weren't given any instruction going in. This is a Wraith commander who happens to be really big and really uber. And here's his back history. He's chased Ronan before. Oh, and he has? Yep. Okay. I don't think we knew that for sure. Well, see, they built that in. They wanted to know that I had a vendetta. That's why Ronan was so key on kicking his butt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm the one that went back and destroyed that village. You know? So... It was nice to have a history for that guy and a, and a reason for pursuing Ronan. Mm -hmm. And so there's like there's a motivation to go and get him. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a damn good time. What do you hope your performance, your performances that you've already done and your performances in the future will bring to fans who view the show in every episode and love it for what it is? Uh, the, the, the ones in the past, I hope that I've maintained or sat at least satisfied a desire. I mean, I have a fantastic fan group that emails me and stays in touch and I can't bless them. Thank you. And, and new fans are coming in each convention. So I'm hoping that what I've delivered so far is the reason why that they're coming in and that I maintain that. But in the future, the me that I get to bring to the conventions when I'm on stage and stuff, I, I knock on wood, pray that I get an opportunity to display that on the show for for more fans, as me, as a character. Um, That's Dan Payne. Is that Dan Payne? Well, this is about the same height, you know. Exactly. So someone will be able to see. Something you'll be able to see with the personality that I, that is me, that I get to show at conventions more than yes. through, through an alien uh, creature or a, a mask. Yes. You, you know? knock them dead on stage. You love to joke around. <laughs> that's we fun. don't see that. No, and that's so that's a surprise. Which is fun, because yes. people get to see that. For me, it's fun. It's great. And like I said, my favorite thing, two favorite things are either laughing or making people laugh. Right. And, uh, and I'd love to, you know, because there's a self-deprecating kind of tongue-in-cheek about both SG-1 mm -hmm. and Atlantis that I, I, could, I really feel I could sink my teeth into. And if there is another season coming back, but we'll make it happen, uh, that they do those miniseries that may happen, 
uh, that I might get a, like a shot at that. So we'll see.